The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Sunday, June 12th, and we are going to deliver part two of our interview with Glenda Testone. She is the executive director of the LGBTQ Center of New York City. If you didn't listen to yesterday's interview, you might want to go check that out um, just to give you an idea about what the center does. And full disclosure, I'm on the board of the center, so I want you, everyone, to understand that. So I'm in their corner for sure. In this part of the interview, we kind of dive into what it was like to be the executive director of a nonprofit organization as the pandemic hit. And this is a really an important aspect of what executive directors have to do. They don't just get to manage in the good times, it's the bad times as well. So here is part two of our interview with the center's Glenda Testone. Now you've been the ED now for, I don't know, a dozen years, more than a dozen years. So when you came into the year 2020, came off of a big year 2019 and 2020 begins, what did you think was going to be the biggest challenge for running this nonprofit organization? Well, I had just signed a new two-year contract, and I, I had put into that contract a sabbatical for the first time after you work at the center for 10 years, you're eligible. And I thought, I'm going into 2020, so either 2020 or 2021, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a great time running the organization. I'm going to take this sabbatical. Um, oh, good for you. <laughs> well, oh, wait, that didn't happen. Again, right? That is not what happened, not one bit. So, okay, the pandemic hits. Obviously, New York City has hit quite hard. You have a physical location. You shut down. What did you do to manage the staff, the community, the resources? Like, what kind of triage were you performing as the executive director? I think triage is a really good word for it. Um, it sort of, it, you know, narrows your focus in a way, even as this enormous thing beyond your control is is happening. And it narrowed our focus to like, okay, we need to figure out how to take care of our people, our staff, so they can help 
continue to take care of our community because we knew, we just knew that quarantine and isolation, that this was going to be hard for folks in our community, that that one of the ways that we as, as queer and gay people sort of uh, survive and thrive as we connect with each other. And so not being able to connect in that way we knew was was really going to be a challenge. So we started by thinking about what do our staff need? And that included everything from like, okay, everybody's going to be at home. Do they have a desk? <laughs> do they have a chair? We need to make sure people have computers. And, uh, you know, so we did a lot of that really nuts and bolts basic to make sure people could work virtually and from home and set up all kinds of things to make sure we were still connecting as a center and as a staff. And then immediately, you know, we shut down the center on on Friday and by Monday we were up and running with virtual services, uh, individual and group. Um, I think within a week or so we had set up a chat on our website so folks that maybe couldn't talk on the phone or, you know, couldn't access Zoom or video options uh, were able to chat with us and ask questions. And- wait, wait, how did you know, how to, like who did that? Um, what is that expression? Necessity is the mother of invention. <laughs> we knew we had to. And, you know, I have to tell you, I, uh, myself included, a lot of folks at the center, we have a lot of social workers. So it's, it's not a lot of folks that are super tech savvy. We do have an IT department and operations department. The chat feature came to us through our partner Salesforce, and they actually helped us set that up. Plug for um, Salesforce. I, I, yes. Okay. <laughs> We just knew, like, we have we have to figure this out. We don't have a choice. We we've got to find a way to stay connected to our community. And so we, it was some old school, like reaching out and calling and emailing existing existing clients and community members, um, and then just making sure we were taking advantage of everything we could technologically to connect with our community that we might not have if if we weren't faced with this pandemic, um, at least not for a while. So. I look at that as kind of a this little bit of a silver lining. Tell me how you like. How would you consider yourself um, in terms of the idea of running the numbers of an organization? Like before COVID, you know, you are you're responsible. You have a balance sheet and you have a cash flow. How did COVID change your relationship with the financial management of the organization? It became immediately a top priority. I I mean, 2019 was a really good year for us, um, and we were doing very well financially. We were in growth mode, growing our staff and supports. We were growing our revenue. Um, We had in 2019 the best year we had probably ever had as an organization. And so to turn that corner in March of 2020 and suddenly realize, what if cash stops coming in altogether. What are we going to do? And and we were in a better position um, than some. We uh, had a policy we started in 2014 that meant that all of the bequest money that we get goes into a strategic reserve fund. So we had built up a bit of a, a safety net. And so we had some cushion, but I I really <laughs> immediately said, okay, who are the people at the organization, staff and board, who are the most financially savvy that can help us figure out how to navigate this thing that nobody's ever been through before? And so you kind of huddle up and you have like, oh my God, this is the 
the break the glass scenario, what are we doing? So how did you manage the staff? How did you manage people remotely? What was that like for you? Because you're very much of an in-person organization. How did you feel as a manager? It was certainly an adjustment. I'm a very, um, I don't know, I'm Italian. So I talk with my hands. I'm very like, I don't know, being physically with people is um, important and natural to me. And it's it's not the same um, through a computer. And so I remember early meetings where I was like, are people listening to me? <laughs> are you there? What's happening? Um, because I just couldn't get the cues that I'm used to getting about like, are you into this or are you not? Um, so I really had to work with myself and, and other people to kind of come up with different ways to, to do that and make sure we are on the same page and, um, you know, emojis and <laughs> thumbs up and things um, just to make sure people were paying attention and connecting in that way. So when you look back on this time and now you're reopening, you know, are you feeling more confident in like going forward? We're, we're like, let me take your temperature right now. I am. And I, I, I think one of the other silver linings is that, look, I'm, I'm not a financially trained person. Um, I, I don't have a, a CPA or, or a, you know, MBA, but I am an executive at a nonprofit. And so I've had to learn balance sheets and income statements and, and all of these things. But I, the education I have gotten by going through a pandemic and also transitioning, you know, losing a CFO and having to sort of become the interim CFO has has really pushed me to learn the finances in in a way that um, is so beneficial. I really deeply understand it now and and had to get my arms in it and really figure it out. And um, I think that's been that's been a positive thing and something that will benefit me and the organization uh, going forward. So, Mark, at the end of 2020, I called Glenda up. And this is a good note for people who, if you want to be on a board, this is what I did. I went, I called up and I said, listen, I'm going to step down from a board that I'm on right now. I love it, the board, but it's been great. And um, I'm very interested in kind of throwing my hat in if you're doing some board development. You know, I'm interested. I want to kind of give back. And I think this is a great organization. And uh, essentially, she's like, all right, we're fast tracking this one. You didn't, you did not breathe when you were like, oh, a money person. Let's go. <laughs> well, I, I knew you a bit then. We had honored you and I, I had been in uh, professional and social settings. And I, I, I knew enough to know that, yes, we wanted you on the board. Well, I was didn't know nice. as much as I know now about what a powerhouse you are. So well, it's not it wasn't, so crazy. It wasn't just the, the the finance and becoming treasurer, although, you know, of course, looking back, that would naturally happen. Um, but you're also an incredible fundraiser. Yeah, I try. So let's talk about the fundraising. So gang, you're listening to this. And you know, at the end of every program, when I say do something nice for someone else today, I'm going to ask for something nice. So Glenda has cajoled me into doing this 275 mile ride, bike ride. Yeah, not motorcycle ride because nope. I've never been on because I've never been on a motorcycle no, I in my life. Um, okay, so let me be clear about what this is. This is the cycle for the cause. It's the Northeast AIDS ride. It's in set early September. 
275-mile bike ride. It begins in Boston and gets to New York City. And this helps raise funds for the center's HIV AIDS research and programming. But generally speaking, it is simply a way for Glenda to make me insane for the summer of 2022. Because essentially, I have joined the cause, I've joined this. And Mark, I'm going to have to put a link on the site or put it in the show notes now. If anyone wants to give even $5 and only to me, do not give it to anyone else because I'm so Jill. Gang competitive. No, if you want to just give to the cause, you can give to the cause. But if, But Mark, I'm going to send you my link because my link is more important. And uh, and I have to raise a certain amount of money. Otherwise, I look like kind of lame. And it's a wonderful cause. And Glenda promises me that I'm going to finish. Mm. You, you will. You absolutely will. It's a supported ride. So what that means is um, if you are riding your bike and you're like, you know what? I'm tired. I'm not saying Jill is going to do this, but other people might do this. You know what? I'm tired. We have a van that will come pick you up. It will take you to the next rest stop. If you're really tired, it will take you to the hotel. We stay in hotels. It's, I mean, it's such a, it's like, it's like a princess ride for yeah, me because I'm like, really- I can't see, I can't stay outside. And I also would like to point out that that there are lots of ways to help with this cause. And not the least of which is if any of you who live in the Northeast want to join the ride, you should totally do that. Cycleforthecause.org is the website. Anyone who wants to support me in the ride, Mark's going to put a link in the show notes. What else do we have to tell everybody, Glenda, about either Cycle or the center before we let you go? Here's what I would say about the ride, having having done it now um, for a number of years, when you are an adult, a grown up, you very rarely have an opportunity in your life to truly tune out and turn things off and just focus on one thing for three days. And that's what this ride gives you. And I, I think as someone with kids, as someone with a big job, as like that is such a gift. And the community on this ride is just so amazing and inspiring and wonderful. You will you will want to have a, a little taste of um, of this community and this experience every day of the year after you do this ride. It's just so it's just so great. Well, thanks so much. Now, of course, you know, here I am shaking you down for money. If you want to support the center and specifically my 275-mile ride between Boston and New York, or you want to become part of it, or you have questions, all you need to do is go to our website, which is jillonmoney.com. Click the Contact Us button, especially if you want to join. Come on my team. That would be fun. Um, If you want to help us out and support us, uh, Mark will put a link in the show notes so that you can do that. And of course, I would very much appreciate it if you are so inclined. If you're not, then don't. No biggie. All right. We answer questions all the time. So if you've got financial questions, just go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button. Let us know if you'd like to come on the air and don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter. It's free. It comes out every single Friday. Do something nice for someone else today. Grit, growth, grace. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.